0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is K Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN.
1: Greetings, welcome into a new week, Monday morning, April 24th, 2023. We start out the day with 39 degrees in the capital city. On our way today, as you heard, to a high in the uh, upper 60s, so warming up a little bit from where we've been, and uh, a lot of 60s this week. Thursday, nicest day of the week in the mid 70s before we once again right on cue cool off with clouds and 50s for the weekend. Uh, it's been a uh, it's been a pattern with the weekends so far going forward, but uh, no more no more of those uh, freeze warnings, so that is good. So you don't have to put the blankets over the over the uh planted the new planted stuff that you've got out there or lug the pots in or those sorts of things hopefully again here during this winter. I had to Mark, I had to uh good morning, by the way. I had to uh
2: He's he's still in the
1: Oh I can't can't okay, I wondered why I didn't really see him. Well I'll tell you this, Caleb, not that you don't care, but uh we uh I had to go through on Friday night. And go around and unhook all the hoses that we had hooked up
2: oh, on, yeah, our, so
1: you don't... on our house because yeah, we were at the point where we were using them to to water the pots and water the lawn and do all sorts of things. And I was like, what is this November <laughs> T- taking all these things off? And so I mean, that's what it felt like the, at the
2: spring game Saturday. It did. It did
1: feel like yeah, you had that you had that uh, kind of late fall feel to the spring game yesterday and uh great event great event there for the spring game the football i'm not sure that it was the most exciting football i've ever seen but i will say this about it it was actual football with tackling and plays and didn't feel like as much of a practice as a lot of spring games have felt over the last few years so that was good but i think the lasting the lasting kind of memory from what happened yesterday was Frank Solich come, or what happened Friday, I should, Saturday, I should say, was Frank Solich coming back with his mm-hmm. family and having some words on the field. Um, you know, everything that, that came from the weekend and seeing Frank get a little misty eyed there as he came back. I think that took him by surprise a little bit with his, his family. And yes, it does feel like, uh, there's some sort of closure now that never was achieved with Frank Solich's career here and somebody who's who's become pretty beloved just for all of the all of the time, all of the service to the Nebraska football program and to football in the state generally and it was great to great to see him, great to hear him talk on the field. Uh he, they also interviewed him in the uh in the BTN booth mm-hmm. and talked to him and got to hear a little bit a little bit from him and so I thought that was all. That was kind of the that was sort of the takeaway from the whole...
2: And they named from, the new locker room after. Him.
1: And they named the new... So you now have... You've got the Tom Osborne Field, you've got the Frank Solich Locker Room, and you've got the Bob Devaney Sports Center. Yep.
2: It so, keeps it keeps getting a little bit smaller because you went with the, right. the Sports Center, then the Field, now the Locker Room. Right.
1: Right. Pretty soon, they will have the uh, Matt Rule Cold Tub.
2: Eventually, (laughs) hopefully, or or at that point he might just be the ice dispenser. (laughs) He he might not even be the whole tub.
1: Maybe maybe if this if this keeps going this way, but uh, overall cool moment. I was not there in person. I had um, I yeah.
2: How much did you get to see on BTN? I watched Uh,
1: the entire thing on BTN. Well, well,
2: like I mean, like all of the Frank Solich stuff. Yeah, they had. uh,
1: I was glad. Like I was wondering exactly what they would have and what they wouldn't have, but they basically kept it live for all of halftime, so um, they had all of the ceremonies. What about in the
2: pregame when we saw the the unveiling of so Herbie Husker?
1: That I missed, and I don't know if they were going to show it, but if you are like me and watching at home, the Minnesota spring game, which was held in what appeared to be a, a warehouse uh with about 37 people standing around the sidelines.
2: By the way on that, it was 3 degrees colder in Minneapolis than it was in Lincoln, 3. And that's what prompted them to move it indoors.
1: Uh yeah, so they had theirs inside. It did not feel like a spring game and they had, they had some really goofy rules for that one too. They had a <laughs> at the end it looked like it was going to end. There was a one of the Minnesota's teams was down 3 with like 40 seconds left, and you're like, okay, good. Let's just get this over. And then all of a sudden, someone throws a gold flag from the sideline, and I'm like, what? what is that? Is that a f- penalty flag from the sideline? Is it a replay challenge? No, they had installed a rule that each team would have a gold flag they could throw during the game, which would just give them an automatic 25 yards. And so that put them in field goal range to kick the game-tying field goal, and there it is at twelve fifty eight p.m. And that game is headed into overtime. And like, oh no, here we go again. And they, uh, but they just did two point conversions, and it only took one round of those yeah. to to finish the entire game. But uh, so I didn't get to see New Herbie until a little bit later when they showed highlights of him on the motorcycle. Well, yeah, New Herbie came in around.
2: on uh, had a little. Allow me to introduce myself. Walked down the. He danced. Down the red carpet, high five <laughs> went went by. Ronnie Green, Ted Car, <laughs> all those guys got on the motorcycle. Rode that around the field, almost ran over Little Red in the south end zone. <laughs> that uh, would have been. A now, lot of people were going, "Gosh, there was the chance." That
1: would have really put the cherry on top to finish the whole thing if if uh, new Herbie, uh, new old Herbie on a motorcycle uh, finished off Little Red's career. <laughs> but, but no, he didn't. They they both exist, and uh, we now got to see Blonder. He looks pretty much like. Uh, like old Herbie used to look as the live mascot, the, the face is a little bit different, the eyes I think. Get they particular. went back to the
2: psycho
1: eyes. <laughs> yeah, the eyes are, I, I, I'll get used to it, it's just going to take some getting used I to it. I said
2: this think. on Saturday, new Herbie looks like he can't wait for Memorial Stadium to start serving alcohol. <laughs> that's the that's the look and the vibe he yeah. had. So uh,
1: that was that was a good time, and like I said, we can get more into the football a little bit later. Um I don't know. I didn't. I didn't come away, Caleb, with a real strong takeaways. I had a few, but we can we can get into that a little I bit mean, later. If, it wasn't. If you read I my recap, like Caleb, a good. I kept waiting for like an exciting, good offensive play, and it just didn't really ever happen.
2: There wasn't
1: really for the most part. And there was one long pass to Nate Borkerker on the first drive. And little did I know that was about that was about the high point for the hey, offensive. De-
2: defenses I, were looking good with
1: all those go. takeaways. black that's, shirts, that's baby. What that is black shirts. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, speaking of events that got delayed by a sporting event that went long, uh, the mayor's debate was last night too, but they had to hold it off for a while because that Sacramento Kings-Golden State Warriors game wouldn't end. And so the beginning of the mayor's debate was delayed by the NBA, which I thought was...
2: Typical California ruining Lincoln's politics. I mean, it does not matter what
1: event you want to watch live in the state of Nebraska. There will always be some game that is making it go late. And yesterday was no exception. They did eventually get started the first ever televised mayoral debate. Uh, in, in Lincoln's history, I think I have, uh, man, going back, I've I moderated a live but not televised mayoral debate in about three or four of the five, three or four or four out of the five last mayor's races. Um, but obviously, Rod Fowler did the job yesterday. Gotta love Rod up there. Rod with the readers on and and going through. Always, uh, I thought he did a really good job. Actually, with the whole thing, I thought it was a good. I thought it was a good debate. I thought the as bad as debates can be these days, where there's not real much, uh, real back and forth argument, counter argument. I actually thought it was a. a overall pretty good informational debate in an era where debates kind of suck sometimes these days so uh, you uh, you got you got kind of th- some of the things you knew you know the discussions about about crime and mark you played the clips there where geist was citing the increase on some of those crime numbers and and baird came back and said you know these are scare tactics we're talking about how bad it is here and crime is overall down and Geist was saying the ones people care about, the ones that are affecting people, are up. Um, you knew that. You knew that stuff was coming. There were certain things you just kind of knew that you've heard from the campaigns and the ads so far in terms of where they were. But it, th- there were definitely some moments too that were maybe a little bit unsuspected or not as suspected. Uh, Baird was pretty aggressive going after Geist on a couple of things. Um, regarding regarding her legislative record uh and the things that she's voted for as well um geist of course not only went uh went in on the public safety things that that were existing uh property tax uh valuations the impact of that being more transparent with the budget was uh something that geist hit on they, they also it was interesting to me though they did agree on a few things not not everything by any means but they did have a few moments of agreement that might have surprised people a little bit when there was discussion about the project in the Haymarket the development project in the Haymarket at uh Melacars what's the name of it i forget bold. the name of it. the it? bold bold uh, yeah bold uh the bold project they both essentially kind of came out in the same spot on that um that that it It should go forward essentially, and the development was something that would be good, so they came out on the same place on that kind of came out I think on the same place on a fairly non controversial issue that Lincoln needs a a new water source uh they both also kind of came out on the same spot when it came to the the post office, the downtown post office or the Haymarket area post office, and whether or not that's something that the city should do its part in in helping to get moved. That's become an issue for Mike flood of, of late. And it's something he's been talking about and taking some action on. And it was a, a little surprising. I don't know. Surprising is, is the word, but interesting to hear that uh, Leary and Gaylor Baird was talking about working with flood to try and help sort of move that process along for the potential for that post office, to move and sort of have a similar purpose in mind with that well, one. Yeah,
3: they, they, they'd like to see the, the uh, convention center in that yeah, that's a, Yeah, that, I, mean, yeah like, I guess I should well, clarify yeah. that. You're
1: right, yeah. That's, that's the hope there with that thing, but... You know, the federal government is a federal government, Mark, and uh, and so things don't happen smoothly or easily with a with a big deal like one, that, and so there's some the,
3: unification there on that. One thing I learned in the uh, latest edition of the Lincoln Business Beat is Congressman Flood, when he was back for the recess, I believe it was, what, a week, a couple of weeks ago, I actually had a, uh, a meeting scheduled with the postmaster to discuss it, Yeah, and the postmaster just canceled it at the last minute. Yeah, yeah. And so
1: apparently the the mayor and Congressman Flood have been working together on that and they're kind of in the the same position there. So
3: yeah, I think they'd like to move those uh that project forward. Yeah. I I mean but I, it doesn't, I agree with with Flood
1: and the Mayor and Geist for that matter on yeah. all of those things. I yeah. I mean yeah, let's uh what do we what do we need to do to, to get that thing moved? It's uh, some some prime property for development of something that I think would probably do some more. I mean, you can and, and relocate that that post office. Oh well, yeah,
3: the, would be my thought. The when the center of community post offices were originally built, they served a, a huge, yes. a, a big difference in what they're serving now. Yeah, good. They're point. still still vital, but they can be right. uh, anywhere. I mean, we've got post offices in virtually every grocery store. Now. Yeah.
1: No, I think you are making a very good point with that. I haven't really been. The only time I was inside that post office, man, I think the last time I was inside that post office was when, like 20 years ago almost, when I uh, had to get my passport. That was one of the places that you could go to get your photo taken and stuff for for a passport. And I just renewed mine couple of months ago and now i did it have over you got at it the back uh yeah i have actually <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah. and they just sent my old one too but yes i know that's been an issue i know yes. some other people who are doing some international travel and they're like they are cutting it to the week almost to the day
3: to get yeah. those things back on time. expedited services way 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 longer than yeah it used to
1: we be we are okay we uh we luckily were we're prepared and so the family is ready with that but we went over to the building uh, there's on the university. There's a passport services place, kind of over by Devaney Center, which is where we went this time around. So anyway, uh, I thought it was you know it was good. Uh, it was uh, it was good. I, I just kudos to everybody involved for for having that debate for Channel Eight for getting it televised for Fowler for. Moderating it for really getting into issues, make it actually seem like a debate format all around. I thought it was a good deal, and everybody, of course, is going to come out with the probably with the candidate that they liked from the beginning. They're sticking with them after this whole thing, but it's important that we have these sorts
3: of things. And uh, election day, week from tomorrow, week from tomorrow, and it's finally all done. What what did the uh, poll? uh, Didn't we have a poll on this from?
2: Yeah, or is
3: it underway now?
2: No, it's it's uh, it's still up there, and it'll still be up there till after the show when we decide whatever our next week is going to be. Okay. What
3: did you just ask people who they are voting for? Who are you
1: voting oh, for? Oh boy, what is the what did the poll say on the uh, website?
2: Fifty nine percent Geist. Geist
1: predicted it. Predicted it. Now keep in mind,
2: and that is more than like twenty two votes. Like it's
1: keep in mind uh that we did the uh remember when we did the uh, gubernatorial primary one yeah <laughs> back in pillin hey
2: we we predicted, Pil- it. We, we, predicted I mean, we
1: that one we did and then and then pillin's campaign put it out <laughs> as uh as, you know saying that he was doing well among voters and we sort of chuckled a little bit of that but nonetheless yeah nonetheless he Ended up being it ended up being right, so he was right for putting it out there. I suppose.
2: Absolutely. Speaking of Jim Pillen, he's going to be on with Mark Vale. Hey. this afternoon, two o'clock. Governor's monthly Collins show comes to KLIN. This will be the first one here in the uh, Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios,
1: which has been uh, sort of upgraded a little bit for the governor to be here. We got new chairs in here. We got everything's looking nice and clean. Not that it isn't usually, but I, extra spick and span.
2: I think our GM came down and was actually the one wiping everything down.
1: I hope the governor appreciates just <laughs> how nice and nice. And I hope we am going to try not to spill anything or, <laughs> or uh, you know, m- may get anything out of order for the governor to be in here a little bit later today. So we've got that. And uh, anything else going on from the weekend, Mark, that we ought to mention?
3: Um Duty command wasn't available this morning. Uh, there was a robbery Saturday night. Uh, Super C there at 21st and uh, G. Okay. I'm trying to, i draw drawn a blank. I, I know I've driven by it, but 21st and G. Yeah. Anyway, okay. uh, that was about the only thing. Uh, we're getting ready for the airport open house on the new terminal. Ooh. That's going to happen the last week of May. Ooh. And that's, what, just a week or two before the new air service starts.
1: So, we're going to get more, uh, now that we're maybe going to have more people going in and out of there, we're going to have more, like, uh, food options, I wonder, yeah, as part of this terminal. That's one well, of the things that airport f- has always been a little short on.
3: Well, and, and there's going to be a full-service restaurant beyond security. Beyond security. security. Which, right. is, which uh, is really good. Yeah, I think that'll be, I, I, it, I
1: think that was, I mean, that's a somewhat small thing, but that's always something I've thought about when we're you're comparing lincoln airport to some of the other the some of the other places and i know they've had some stuff but um, the
3: mostly vending
1: machine yeah it's not it's not been a ton compared to say when you're in one of those terminals in omaha so all right well so. good i'll be be excited to see what what that looks like too so that's what's happening this morning coming up on the show today uh yeah we'll get a little some more thoughts on the on the actual football that was played at the spring game see what caleb had to think about that had to say about that i've got some thoughts too Uh, Then during the 8 o'clock hour, we will talk to Tim Haruza. We'll talk some Nebraska news and politics. I think only three days that the legislators are actually getting together on the floor this week. So we'll see what happens there. And then we're going to have Mike Schaefer, uh, Nebraska 24-7, joining us at 8.35 as well. So that's what we got coming up. You listen to LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN.
0: Severe weather means interruptions. In wintertime, you can have severe storms. Check
4: closings and cancellations. up after date on the weather at KLIN.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's.
5: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49, perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer.
4: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
5: You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.
0: A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today.
1: Yes, it is. Let's get going with your sound off today. We are going to start. They hit this right at the beginning of Fox, but uh we're gonna touch on it here again, and so apologize. Apologies for the repetitiveness, but uh obviously a significant story here that will be making news that this week, and that is the field for 2024. Looks like it is taking shape with a lot of, lot of potential for a rematch from 2020. It does look, I don't think a surprise to anyone at this point, given how things seem to be pointing this way, but it does look like. Uh, president Joe Biden is going to run for election and we should have an announcement here coming up in the next uh, day or two.
6: The announcement by the president is expected to come via video message, which is exactly four years to the day since President Biden entered the 2020 race. But things with time have become more complicated. Of the 70 percent of Americans who do not want the president to run again, have cited his age as a major reason why. Additionally, only 22 percent of independents said that they would definitely or probably cast a biden vote in 2024 on the republican side that same nbc news survey shows that 60 percent of americans do not want former president trump to run either
1: hey (laughs) hey we got we got a couple of guys who who are going to be running for president that the majority of the country does not want to be president well that's great What, what what went wrong exactly with our system (laughs)
2: polls are so funny because it'll be if it was this matchup if it was biden trump who who would you vote for and so many are like well i would vote for biden because that's why i would vote for trump would you even want that guy to run and everyone's like man not really (laughs) not really like if he was there i'm gonna vote for him but i'd like us to stop that before it got to there
1: for those who are Democrats and saying they don't want him to run. Who do they want to run exactly?
2: That's the other part of it is, well, we we'd rather not uh, Biden not be our candidate for X, Y and Z at an age. Maybe we don't feel he he did enough of the things we wanted him to do. What's the realistic alternative? Yeah. (laughs) Who, Who is the the guy or girl that's going to be your candidate? Right,
1: right. But here it is, odds on, uh, things can things can obviously change, but I, I mean, I, hard, I, I can't really see a scenario at all, barring something that's obviously a health situation or something like that, that would stop it from being Biden if he decides to right. run going into the general. And now Trump's got a, a lot more crowded field to deal with here with this whole thing, but the way it stands right now if you look at any polling right now it's hard to it's hard to see a path for anyone else although there's a lot yet to happen over the course of the next few months and so i mean can you do the do the math on that is it is so how many what percentage of americans are are going to the 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 polls between those two and not holding their nose while they vote for one of them right a, a small a small percentage in each case with this whole thing so
2: yay <laughs> well that that always becomes the the part that's hard to wrap your mind around when you go through the the primary election process for the two major parties and you look at voter turnout you look at the number of people that are just voting within those parties and then it ends up being like okay well less than a third of americans actually decided who all of america gets to decide between for for president
1: yeah well and i guess the way that it's 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 explainable um i think from from trump's position those who do support him and do want him to run are as uh as dedicated and loyal to him as anyone's ever been to any politician ever extremely vocal i would say
2: like you, you you so you know who the people are that are backing him.
1: so they are yeah i mean a hundred percent uh backing him and then i think the on the other side of it i i think you've got people who are equally as uh, have a distaste for trump in the equal amount and they're saying well it's this isn't necessarily my choice but this is the one guy who, for whatever reason, in a general that we think has a shot at actually beating him, if yeah. it gets to that point. And so everyone's just trying. To, it's, uh, I mean, boy, if you think about it, it's just a, it's a sad state of affairs when you think about it. the yeah. third you know, two can, and, and again, yeah, I, boy, you do, you do wonder about i mean I, I shouldn't say you do i do i do wonder about age and it you know and what the impact is uh as as you get later and later in in life and have a, a position like that i i certainly don't, don't want to be doing anything like that when i'm at biden's age or trump's age for that matter frankly yeah but
2: maybe i'm misremembering haven't we had over the last several elections like a robust number of contenders?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, in, in terms of the primaries, yeah. you mean? I mean, th- so the the Republicans in 2016 had, yeah, scads of contenders in, in 2016 that Trump came out of and, and won. I mean, you go down the list of tons of them. You had Cruz, you had Rubio, you had Bush, you had Christie, mm. you had Ben Carson, you had Carly Fiorina, you had, I'm probably going to forget, 15 of them. Just kind of going through the list. And then in 2020 with Biden, you had Kamala Harris. You had... Um, who were the other Democrats now? John Hickenlooper. What a random one that I remembered uh, That that's out there. Buttigieg. Uh-huh.
2: Uh,
1: you you had, you had several of those as well. So, yeah, there's been... Yeah, I mean, you make a good point. It's The, the choices did exist at one point, but now it seems like they don't as much.
2: Yeah, like, like there's... Like there were benches that that and there was still room for somebody to co- seemingly come out of nowhere, think Obama in o eight like yeah. like there there's room for that, but it always has well, seemed, Biden seemed Biden like kind of did a little there. bit
1: Biden kind of did a little bit in twenty twenty i mean he was looking he wasn't looking like he was in great situation until that that uh he won that South Carolina primary, and that seemed to turn everything around
2: right i but- well. What I mean by come out of nowhere is they they hadn't been around on the right. national stage for a long time.
1: Yeah, and I mean there's people like that in the on the Republican primary now, but again, when you've got Trump there, it just yeah. seems it seems really difficult. And 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 the other thing that seems difficult is I don't know how any of any of it. The poll numbers are where they are right now, and Trump is very popular among people who are are Republicans who are still saying they're Republicans now, and I don't. Like, I don't really see a path to anyone any of these challengers reversing that. Yeah. Especially because they're all
2: they're all scared to talk about him. Yeah. Be- that, he he can he can legitimately damage your I mean he will your career trajectory. He's
1: I mean, he has done a great job of becoming unbeatable in these primaries because everyone's everyone has in the back of their mind a fear of really taking him on. And I don't know if that person is—I don't know. Like at this point, I don't even know if Desantis is running anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, is I he think just he is. Out long? I think and then just he be is. Like, oh, but we're not going to get in it,
1: man. I—I I, I, I assumed he was, but as this thing goes on and on and on, I—I I kind of want. I still tend to think he is, but I wonder if he will. So, fun times. Only what? You, know, you think this mayor's race was long? Holy cow. (laughs) You got a year and a half until we uh until we actually settle this thing at the ballot box in twenty twenty four. Eighteen more months of this thing.
2: The uh the uh Republican National Convention is mid July next year.
1: Okay. Mid July. And that's up in uh in Wisconsin, isn't it? Milwaukee. Milwaukee. And the Democrats are in Chicago this year. It's a Midwest affair.
2: But uh, but yes, you have. You won't officially have like because you you probably know from the primaries, but you won't officially have your candidate right, until that's July, the
1: official nomination of
2: situation. next year. Uh,
1: I f- I feel like yeah, I feel like we know what's uh, what's going to happen with that. We'll see, but uh, but like I said, a lot can a lot can happen between now and then other things going on this morning other than the 2024 presidential race this is a this is a crazy and also tragic story as well so apparently people driving around chicago west of denver including in the boulder area uh, or nearby the boulder area as well are coming upon an odd and super dangerous phenomenon where there are people throwing rocks at cars in fact it's it 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 was so bad that it, apparently one person has lost her life a young woman had a car a rock go through the front of her windshield while she was driving and passed away because of her injuries because of it. So they're trying to figure out in Colorado what in the absolute heck is going on right now.
4: A spokesperson for the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office told Fox News that at least 20 people have now come forward with claims that rocks have been thrown at their vehicle in the very same area over the past few months. Law enforcement is now working hard to vet those claims and see if they're connected. Sheriff's deputies say within a 40 minute time span there were five rock throwing incidents on roads in jefferson and boulder counties just northwest of denver two drivers suffered minor injuries and one victim was killed officers say the rocks used in these incidents appear to be large rocks commonly used for landscaping
1: what is wrong with you people what bizarre situation there um and terrible ones so hopefully they're going to be able to to find whoever was responsible for that and put them to justice Bad news for Bed Bath and Beyond fans. Which I like that place. I really like that place. I like going around. I've been around in there. there a
2: couple of times. I
1: like that. It's always good if you're looking for a wedding gift. That's always a good place to uh, to go but
2: I hear candlesticks make are nice uh,
1: but it may not be for long Bed
5: Bath & Beyond has filed for chapter 11 bankruptcy after years of sagging sales the big box retailer based in Union New Jersey says it's making the move to implement what it calls an orderly wind down while soliciting interest in sales of some or all of its assets. In the meantime the company says it will continue to pay employee wages and benefits and it's 360 Bed Bath & Beyond stores as well as it's 120 Bye Bye Baby stores will remain open bed bath and beyond ceo issued this statement we deeply appreciate our associates customers partners and the communities we serve and we remain steadfastly determined to serve them throughout this process
1: all right so
2: lincoln's got a bed bath and beyond
1: yeah it's out yeah. point i've yeah. been there been there a lot uh but they're 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 gonna op- be open for now they got a, a 240 million dollar loan to help fund operations, um, but they'll start store closing sales. And what happens to all the employees kind of depends on on what happens. I mean, a bankruptcy doesn't necessarily mean that a company is going out of business. It's essentially used as a way to get rid of some debt and organize how to do that. But we'll see. And they said they're going to seek to sell some or maybe all of its business so maybe they'll find a buyer and keep going at this point but if they don't find a buyer i think it's probably it for them and they'll be liquidated entirely and go out of business what do you think like a store like that is that is that about online is that about just not completing competing in the online sales marketplace it's probably got to be think?
2: online because what what are you what are you necessarily going in there for you like you're you're going in there for your for your bedding, maybe some bathroom. I mean, literally bed attend-
1: stuff and bad bath stuff. I would say, and then yeah. probably also beyond that as well. Yeah, those that would deal. be the three areas I think they specialize.
2: <laughs> but yeah, like it's it's literally in their name, kind of some of the things you're going to go in there and get. But how much of that are you just going and being able to order anyway? Yeah, to to where you you don't have to go through go into a store. Have to hope that you you even have one close.
1: See, I don't know what it is because they, these they talk about these category stores that were really big in the '90s and early 2000s, and they've been the ones that have been hit hard since. I, I guess online sales have grown, Amazon, those sorts of things. But you think of Toys R Us, you think of you know the Circuit City, and, yeah. and Best Buy still around, but. It's different, sort of a different era for Best Buy. I think than when we were growing up. Best Buy looks different bit. than it
2: even did ten years ago.
1: Yeah, Be- Be- Best Buy's really different. Um There are, pro- you know, like Pier One. There's, there's a, there's a whole lot of these that were just in their heyday in in the '90s and early 2000s, but since then haven't been. Now it is interesting because it feels like places like. Shields, for instance, uh-huh. and I think even Dick's as well in the sporting goods world, they've kind of flourished a little bit. Still, they feel. I mean, if you've ever tried to go to Shields at South Point, and and that's kind of a that's kind of an attraction, actually. Yeah. But,
2: well, but if you that go place to, is always packed. Think Shields, think Dick's, and then you can get into some of the uh, obviously Bass Pro owns Cabela's yeah. now, but you get into the outfitter stores. You get into a lot of these that are kind of big sports, outdoors, those types of things. And they're they're the, really doing well.
1: But it's sort of a little bit about those is, I don't know if it's quite as true of Dick's, but it, it, going to the store itself is a little bit of an experience. Yeah, there's a right? lot going if, on. I don't know if that's what it is why those have had some success as a specialty store, a national specialty store where a bed bath and beyond. I mean, you remember you remember like Pottery Barn and that stuff is <laughs> yeah. just like huge. It was huge for a while, but I I don't know. I still kind of like to go into Bed that Like I said, you you need a, that was a go to for me on like December twenty third, and I realized oh my gosh I need a gift for my wife and I don't have time to order anything online. It's time to find something in here. I bet I've done that about eighty percent of Christmases but, for the last twenty years.
2: So they'll have sales going on now. Yeah graduation season's coming up yeah i guarantee you've already got a, a save the date for someone's wedding this summer
1: yeah yeah it, it's it's, it's kind of interesting just see how that's all worked with the uh, with the retail world uh lawsuit coming up for trial this week don't worry this one isn't quite as serious as some of the lawsuits we've been hearing about recently but it is an important one for the music world and the uh, intellectual property world ed sheeran is Is getting sued by the family of Marvin Gaye because they think he ripped off one of their songs. Now, Marvin Gaye already had uh, his estate, already had a lawsuit with this with Robin Thicke and Pharrell and those guys with Blurred Lines. They had success in that one. Think they're going to have success about with Ed Sheeran? Take a listen.
6: Jury selection is set to begin in Ed Sheeran's New York City copyright infringement trial. The singer accused of ripping off the melody, harmony, and rhythm of Marvin Gaye's 1973 track, Let's Get It On.
1: For his hit
6: 2014 song, Thinking Out Loud. Relatives of the late Ed Townsend, who co-wrote the 70s classic suing Sheeran, Warner Music Group, and Sony Music Publishing for a share of the profits from Sheeran's song. The Grammy winner has maintained any
7: likeness between the two are basic musical building blocks not eligible for copyright protection. Kristen Goodwin, Fox News.
1: With all due respect to Marvin Gaye's family, (laughs) I have heard songs that are way closer together than those two are in terms of how they sound. In fact... The first time I heard that song, that Ed Sheeran song, which you've heard a million times probably, at least I have, it's a little bit overplayed, uh, the first thing I thought of is it sounds like Van Morrison's Crazy Love. That that was the first song I heard when I, using Crazy Love right over top of it. It doesn't sound, do you hear the no, let's get it on thing? No, I
2: didn't, but I, I was also focusing on putting together a jury, and there's no guarantee that everybody on that jury... Isn't just tone deaf. Can, like, you can actually hear anything happening yeah, with music. Yeah, that's true. Didn't do anything It'd beyond be an, play a recorder in fourth grade. It'll
1: be an interesting voir process, which is where they go through and, yeah. and figure out who's going to be on the jury and who's disqualified and those sorts of
2: things. Like, I guess I could hear it. It's like, no.
1: Right. All right. Uh, all right. I'm going to finish with this one. We're already talking about retail and, and stores here, and the ones that are you know still surviving and and still doing good business in some parts of the country they are being more aggressive with biometrics Which may be stealing a whole lot of your privacy when you go into those stores, especially in
2: some big cities. New York, shoplifting and robberies are up over 22% from last year, costing business owners $300 million. Now, some businesses are turning to new technology, trying to stop robbers before they rob. Fairway Supermarket in Upper Manhattan recently announced it's collecting biometric data using either facial or body recognition software to identify. Repeat offenders. David Sifford is from the Surveillance Technology Oversight Project, a group that's sounding the alarm over the potential proliferation of biometric data collection. He says it's so effective, it will literally mean the death of privacy.
1: Uh, You know, one one of my big takeaways from that story is Upper Manhattan has a fairway?
2: (laughs) That's not a bad takeaway from that, as a matter of fact. What?
1: Upper Manhattan as a fairway? I thought that was just like a central Iowa thing, mainly. <laughs> I mean, I know we got that mean market here in Lincoln now, but that was a little bleed over from the area. I mean, that's- there's one thing I do not associate with Manhattan, and that is fairway supermarket.
2: Yeah, it's a little bit like when you go to Times Square and you see an Applebee's.
1: <laughs> It'd be more like seeing a Casey's. Well,
2: <laughs> yeah. It's- Anyway. Here we are gassing up in Buffalo, New York at the Casey's Right <laughs> that'd,
1: be, that'd, be, that'd be like seeing a runza in LA It's bizarre
2: but now, LA could use a runza
1: That'd be cool, it'd, be, it'd do well there Alright, we gotta take a break, 657 It is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN
4: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks Oh yeah, that's me Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw Coming in hot
5: Terms apply.
0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire Capital City. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN.
1: All right, 710, welcome back on a Monday morning. April 24, 2023, 40 degrees in the Capital City. Glad to have you back with us. We're going to count down the five things you're going to be talking about today coming up at 7.35. Uh, some interesting stuff in there. Of course, it had, uh, hit what happened with the mayoral debate last night. We're going to get into perhaps a big expansion of a retail center in the area uh, and uh, some, other, some other very interesting things going on right now. A little bit later in the show, Tim Hruz is going to join us. Uh, always does a great job of making sense of what's happening in the Nebraska legislature for us. And Mike Schaefer, Nebraska twenty four seven will join us at eight thirty five. So we are
2: packed. Uh, we he was a- there on Saturday too. Sha- Schaefer was there, yeah, just well, a few seats away from me.
1: That's good. Did you say hi to him? Say I did. Thanks for coming on our show on Mondays. Now,
2: no, I just he's in t- he has to do that now. It's not even something where I thank him for being here. Good.
1: All right, that's that's fine. <laughs> uh, Caleb, I wanted to ask you, uh, having been out and covering the the spring game. On Saturday, we talked mainly uh, about Frank Solich, which I I think will probably be the lasting takeaway from this game was getting Solich here, uh-huh. getting his family here, having that moment, seeing him sort of respond uh, to to the whole thing and something that I think he had been uh-huh. hesitant to do. I think I, I felt the very
2: first play of the game. Yeah. The yes.
1: The the yes. Exactly. The fullback seeing the 45s painted on the field. That was really, it, it felt like there was some real closure in something that. That needed to be done. And I'm just glad. I think for everyone else, I think we're glad he, he allowed it to be done. And I think in the end, he was probably glad from hearing him talk both at halftime, hearing him talk at the press conference, hearing him talk in the BTN studios as well, hearing all of those things. Um, I'm just, I think overall, I'm really glad it went the way that it did for him. It was, it was funny though. When he was interviewed, I don't know if you saw any of the BTN let, interview. Let, let, let...
2: Uh, oh, on, uh, on Saturday? On,
1: on Saturday, he did the BTN interview and they were kind of asking him, like, what he's doing now. And he, I mean, he basically, in so many words, say, said, yeah, I'm really bored right now. <laughs>
2: That's phenomenal. And I was
1: like, I was like, uh, man, how long until this guy is an assistant coach again somewhere, or an analyst for some college football team man, somewhere? I, he, I mean, if you were if you were looking for that in that interview, it was definitely there that he is. Uh, he would sure be interested in doing something more football related again. He doesn't look like uh, doesn't look like somebody who's done. But nonetheless, it was. I, I it was great to have him. there.
2: Phenomenally bored.
1: <laughs> it was, I mean, he didn't say those exact words but man it really came through now
2: here's the thing did you catch this from his media availability on friday
4: uh, i don't know um there's not a curse that's been put on by any of my family members that i know or else there would be a few more people in trouble you know but um, no we've, we've we got we've got nothing to do with curses and uh, um, and so that uh, if there's a curse here, it's uh, it's not, not because of us. And uh, w- let's just say it's gone now if there has ever been one, okay?
2: There, okay. It, that's what we wanted. We, we, it took a year <laughs> later.
1: Not even a year. It took nine months later. Did we do that? We uh, this is that was it was the opening to the curse breaking was <laughs> what we were doing. We started We were the opening
2: ceremony. We started
1: the process and I mean you could make an argument you could make an argument that we sort of uh, we sort of you know grease the grease the whatever <laughs> grease what 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 car word am I thinking of here? Grease the lubed the gears or whatever. To I'm just
2: gonna let you do this.
1: one. Man, I cannot think of the what is a car analogy for saying that we sort of the, loosened something up?
2: Something with the tires?
1: Greased the wheels? <laughs> well, L- we lubed,
2: fired up the spark. Plug. We lubed
1: the chassis. Anyway, um we did that we did that when we uh reached out to Frank Solich back last fall and tried to try to get him back or at least do a little message for our for our break the curse event. He uh, he passed. He very kindly passed at the time, passed along his best wishes. But, you know, if if we if we hadn't gone through that process does this happen? Probably. But we don't know for sure. I don't know. Probably. But we don't know for sure. And so that was, yeah, that was good. But I wanted to ask you, Caleb, that was, I think, the the big takeaway. But there was also a, a football practice slash game. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious what your big, give me some of your sort of top line takeaways from the game on Saturday.
2: Uh, I mean, first and foremost, you look at the quarterback. And, and Jeff Sims looked good. And it, as, as well as you can, it was, it was one of those where he got his work in where he did, and they mix and match the, the quarterbacks around. Um, 9 of 13, 100 and whatever yards. So And he moved in the pocket really well. I think that was one of the things that there were times that it looked like he was dead to rights, that someone was coming in on the blind side, and it was like they weren't going to rock him, but they were definitely still going to hit him. And then he does this spin out of there like he had eyes in the back of his head. And it happened a couple of times, and you're like, okay, well, if this offensive line were still, like, they're not going to be a bunch of all Big Ten O-linemen. Like, that, that's not something that happens from last year to this year. Um, so when you when you look at that, it's you're going to need a quarterback with some escapability, and he's definitely got that. Casey Thompson didn't play. Logan Smothers didn't play. Uh, Chubba Purdy looked I don't know about like he looked last fall. Yeah. Um, Like there, there wasn't a whole lot of difference there. Heinrich Harburg. There were some drops. There was some wind. He didn't complete like his first of like his six passes or eight passes. But man, he's fast in the open field. He's got a cannon for an arm. What does that quarterback depth look like? We saw Richard Torres get on the field. Um, So I think it's really can Casey Thompson get healthy, and then how much of a competition it is between Thompson and Sims. Um, I don't think Purdy's really in that discussion for top two. If Smothers is healthy and, and Harburg can continue to to work with with this staff, what does that do to where Purdy's at? Because Purdy's got a couple of years of eligibility left. Smothers does. Harburg does. You're really bunched up now for the guys with a couple of years of eligibility. I would expect one, if not two, to hit the portal. Yeah. Um. So you've got that on the quarterback side. Overall, offensively, you put eight balls on the ground and not all of them were somebody hitting you like they were unforced. You just dropped the ball. Matt Rule talked about that from their last scrimmage, uh, not this last Saturday, obviously, but a week before the spring game. Guys putting the ball on the ground too much. That's got to get taken care of. And i I don't know. I don't know how you coach guys to just not drop the football when there's nobody around them. It's one thing if you're taking big hits and you're a running back. It's like, man, you really should hold on to the ball better. But if nobody's around you, you're just dropping the ball. That feels like that could be an issue that we're really going to watch the first couple of games this fall. If, if guys are going to be turning it over. Def- the, other, the flip side of that is defensively, guys were finding a way to take the ball away. Um there were there were six fumbles that were lost. There was a uh, an interception at the end of the game as they were just trying to force something into the end zone. MJ Sherman looked pretty good. That's a young guy. Mm-hmm. The uh Princewell Uman Mielen, he got in the backfield. He was really disruptive. Um you had a few guys that on the defensive side of the ball, especially for that top group, looked like the defense despite losing some pretty good pieces might not take as big of a drop off as you you were originally thinking, with with some guys leaving, the, especially like losing a Garrett Nelson, seeing some of the linebackers be able to move around. We didn't have Henrich out there. Um, overall, for what you can take away from the football stuff, like it's not the it's not really doom and gloom. It's not hey gonna go win the division. It's it's a lot closer to the middle, but it's still encouraging to actually see the guys play football and see some of the players that came in with some hype at their position actually do some some good thing. Billy Kemp at wide yeah. receiver that's I, that's he, another guy. He, he looked he's exciting. He's shifty, mm-hmm. man. He is quick. Yeah. So so when you start to look at you had uh, Samori Toure and, and you had um, I can't believe I'm I'm forgetting his name um, from last year. Uh, wide receivers. Oh. Um. Palmer, Palmer. Trey Palmer. So you've got two guys that you've you've put in the NFL and we'll see where Palmer goes this year, but he's going to the NFL. Yeah. Um you've got two guys that have come in and they're NFL guys. Is Billy Kemp that next guy? Mm-hmm. Um Maurice Washington didn't look bad. Like there there are some wide receivers that like there's still plenty of depth in that room. Billy Kemp just the way he moved on the field made it seem like if he can get some volume, he's going to be that guy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah I, I I think I agree with with all of that I would say though as for the quarterback I, I mean I was most excited to see Jeff Sims just because I hadn't seen him other than a little bit of film from Georgia Tech right. you know I just, what does he look like just here? get a sense of what type of a quarterback that he is um and <laughs> I still don't know that I know all that well but it if you're Casey Thompson and you've seen all you've seen all of spring top practice obviously if you're Casey Thompson but I didn't necessarily see anything where it was like, well, you know, this quarterback race is over. No, absolutely by not by any means. And so, and and I have continued to be someone who says, I really hope you've got two, three more quarterbacks that are very capable of starting on the roster this year, which is really hard to do in college football in the transfer portal yeah. era. But you need it you definitely need, and you just have to go back to the last several of nebraska seasons to see why that's the case. I I am very hopeful they enter this fall with Thompson, with of course, with with Sims, Harburg, I, I assume you know Logan Smothers, I would love to have at least all four of those guys still here. Yeah. Uh and and beyond that, I think it's important. I think that's really important and I, I don't. I don't see anything this spring that would make it obvious. Now, I don't know what's inside Casey's head right now. Even what options he may have or not have,
2: or or how healthy he really is, or how healthy he is. How that recovery I is going.
1: Ha- I personally didn't see anything in the spring where I was like, "Oh yeah, he's going to see that," and he's going to see. You know, uh-huh. it doesn't. There's just not going to be a, a lot of playing time here. I didn't see that at all with him.
2: Now, the thing with that is when you look at especially the smothers purdy smothers Purdy harburg where the guys that whatever order you want them are three four five if you're the one that emerges as the three among that group you're two hits from starting yeah and behind this offensive line that's a realistic possibility and the third
1: string quarterback has played most years <laughs> yep frankly it i mean it it's it's definitely happened um yeah with, without a doubt and i and and I just don't think Smothers is ever leaving, though. I don't think he's going to leave. I think he likes it here.
2: Smothers um, is such an awesome young man. For yeah. his, he wasn't out there on Saturday, but you, you you got a sense that he still got in some good work as a not-full participant this spring, just like Casey Thompson. He's so smart. We've seen him in spurts. That's a guy that you just want as part of your program and hope that you can find a spot for him.
1: There, there was a part of me, though. During, and anyway, I, I didn't say any of that to be... Uh, to criticize Sims. I right, mean I think right. he was he was fine but he didn't get out there and be like, "Oh yeah, this is this is QB1 with a bullet." When when you saw him out there compared to what we we'd seen from Casey. I think that they'll be I would think they're going to be battling out in the fall if Casey decides to stay in terms Good. of who's going to be starter. O-line needs work. I mean, man, uh, what? it's glaring. It is still glaring and it seems like a broken record. But the O line still needs some work, and then it looked like you had an injury on top of that. But it looked like Corcoran was okay. Yeah. Uh, after it was all over, but if you had that as well, that was going to really complicate things, as well. And you know, you just I, I I just hoped at some point we would see some kind of an explosive offensive play to just get you a little bit excited. And it just never came the entire day. What it, well, it was I? I assume that. Catch by Borkerker was the biggest gainer. Of the that was like third or fourth play of the game. That was probably the biggest gain of the entire game, unless I'm forgetting something. Maybe it that was, was a, that was a pretty big one. Harburg had a nice run um, with one, but yeah, the Borkerker
2: that that 38 yard catch that was the long of the game. Yeah.
1: Hard to tell the the running back room. I mean, you've got a lot of depth there. It's hard to tell. I I thought Anthony Grant looked. I thought Anthony Grant was. Looked better than he did at the end of last year.
2: He got I a lot of use too.
1: He got he was going forward more than going laterally. Yep. AJ Allen wasn't able to find much, um, to find much running room during uh, the course of the day. It's he,
2: he only got he's only credited for well he's credited for eight carries, but I mean not only one of them went over or two of them over six yards.
1: Yeah, there were a couple of times I saw Ramir, and I. He did something. I was like, I still can't believe that guy just didn't play last year as coach's decision. Um, but yeah, and then I mean, defense. You didn't. I mean, keep in mind you didn't have probably your your two most veteran leaders of the defense playing right. in that game. And Reimer and Henrich, yeah. But across that defensive line, that and I don't even know what what in this three three five the. Classifications are a little bit different than than we're used to. So some of are kind of outside linebackers, yeah. DNs. But boy, there were a lot of good things happening. And I don't know if that was about the offensive line or if that was about those guys. But That's the there were about the spring, five babe. guys. Even AJ Rollins who just came in over from tight end and I was like, Man, yeah. He looks like he's been playing defense for a while. So there was a lot to like there and and hopefully that bodes. Good tackling too. Yeah, that that, that was good to see. To the the extent that the fumbles were an issue on offense, it was nice to see, I thought, solid tackling throughout by the defense. So, So. There you go, some thoughts on the spring game. Now we just got to wait four months
0: for another one of those. (laughs)
2: 129 days.
1: 725, Caleb's got more sports coming up next on
0: KLIN. Living in Nebraska means severe weather is always in season. Your severe weather action team is based on 1499.3
4: KLIN.
1: I am. All right, let's count these things down, starting with...
3: Number
0: five.
3: Economic development, public safety. Two of the biggest topics discussed by mayoral candidates Larry and Gaylor Baird, the incumbent, and challenger, former state senator Suzanne Geis. Channel 8 held, held the debate yesterday. It was an hour. Uh, they got right into uh, especially the public safety. That was uh, right off the top. Yeah, and, and probably the the most widely discussed.
1: Yep, that was that was right right off the top of they did. It was interesting since that has become such front and center in this debate and uh, you've got a lot of people who are really focusing on that. It was interesting to hear them go a little bit more depth on on some of the other issues here in the city that go along with city governance from uh, obviously things like uh, property taxes, uh, th- additional things. Like, you know, one of the things that I, I feel like is, it's just not a super sexy election topic, I don't think, but it probably is as big an issue as anything in this race. Uh, it, it not, not necessarily just in this race, but for the city going forward, and that is issues with affordable housing and how you're able to deal with some of the housing shortages that exist in lincoln right now and how key that is to a whole bunch of things for lincoln's future right now i was glad to see that they spent some time on that the mayor talked about the things that that she's done uh in in her tenure so far to do that uh senator geist talked about you know sharing same concern for those things she talked a little bit about uh, perhaps changing some of the overregulation that she believes exists in the construction market, in the development market, that might actually aid that as well. They found some common ground on a few things: uh, the water supply issue, talking about what to do with the downtown post office. You heard some of the same things from both of them on those as well. But all in all, I thought it was, you know, it was it was good to have have a televised debate here. With a mayor's race. I don't think there's ever been a televised debate before. Now I've done in I think three of the last four or four out of the last five mayor's races, I've done I've moderated just a a live debate that news usually covered. We covered obviously and and had audio for, but I believe this is the first time they've had a televised debate. I thought Rod Rod Fowler did a good job with the whole thing. And uh yeah, we are now a week and a day away. From this thing being all over, Mark.
3: And actually, you can vote right now, or or today, Uh, early voting. Uh, You can do it in person at the election commissioner's office or if you've requested an early ballot you still got time to get that back what
1: does the uh what does the cash infusion look like for these two campaigns over the next how is that all that all that dough they got spent in the last eight days of this thing um, that'll be
3: interesting yeah it will it looks like there it's, aren't
1: any billboards left <laughs>
3: looks like it's going to be north of two million uh combined for the campaigns right so
1: yeah, and they, they they talked about that too. They actually that was a, one of the questions too that was put forth to the candidates as well. Uh, was just about how, you know, are you beholden to your donors
3: or are you beholden to the voters? Yeah, in, well, they're, this whole thing. They're gonna. Both of them said they're, um, you know, their allegiance. They both they, said what they yeah, thought you would say. Of course. <laughs> I mean,
1: that's a yeah. it's a little bit of a. I mean, yeah. There's there's a pretty by the book way to answer that one, and they both yeah. they both did it. Luckily for them. So, yeah, I don't know anything else, to add on that mark. Beyond, uh, be I,
3: I think the one thing that I would have liked to have heard just a little more on, uh, and that was infrastructure. I mean, they they did touch on yeah. it a little bit, but uh, I agree, uh, I
1: agree. Infrastructure, affordable housing. There have been a few issues that have been that have been kind of glossed over for more sexy issues right now here in this. There's this been thing. such
3: a such a focus on public safety, and when you've got the firefighters' union endorsing Geller Baird, the police union endorsing. Uh, Suzanne Geist; those are your two biggest public safety organizations, yeah. or the unions representing them, and and so,
1: and and, and that's an issue. But it feels like it's kind of sucked all the air out of the room it, for a well, lot of the others. It has,
3: it has. So,
1: all right, what else do we have going on today?
3: Number four. That well, was twenty years ago when Frank Solich was fired as head coach of the Husker football team. On Friday, he returned to Memorial Stadium. First time since 2003.
1: It was cool. It was great to see him there with his family. It was great to hear him talk, talk on Friday before the game. Saturday at halftime to the entire fan base and a little bit more throughout the events. On Saturday, I, as he said and as you probably all heard, it took a lot to get him to do this. If One thing he is not is self-aggrandizing in any way. I was glad that i got the feeling and and i think he did too afterwards that he was he was happy that he ended up doing this and yeah. reconnecting uh, to reconnecting with a bunch of people he was talking about seeing some of the high school players that he had coached yep. when when he saw this uh, or when he was in in town for this and i know they had some big gatherings so former players could get back together i mean that was a big part of this whole thing as well but it it did feel like there was some closure there of something that was left open and, you know, what that, what that, it would have, listen, it would have felt really bad, I think, for a lot of people had, you know, he, he eventually, everyone eventually passes away right. and, and that, that would have happened in this moment, it never happened. That yeah. would have felt really bad really wrong I think for a lot of people and so now that didn't happen and hopefully those reconnections for him um, are, are ones He's, he sounds like he misses coaching is what, what it sounds like to me a lot already and it hasn't even been that long.
2: Yeah he, he talked about how he'll watch games and now he definitely knows when everybody should go for two or that what play they should run or if they should, if they should punt it or if they should go for it on fourth and yep. short. He he, know, he said sitting on the couch and watching, he now knows everything yeah. that the coach should do. It's,
1: but it sounds like <laughs> he feels like he could still be out there. It's not been that long since he, of course, retired as well. So
2: I hope we see him at more games, and I, I, I think we honestly might. now that, Now that he's not coaching and he's had this moment, he has been back. I think we will see him at more games. I don't think there will be all the hoopla that you got from from the spring game yeah. this last weekend. But I think it'll be like we see Eric Crouch at games. We see Johnny Rogers at games. I think it'll be a lot more along those lines of going, hey, the family's here.
1: Yeah, that'd be cool.
2: As opposed to trying to right a wrong right. Uh, of, of just, did, hey, you're still part he of it. You can do it privately now. Yes.
1: That, which it would have been hard to do without doing what you did in the spring, right?
2: Oh, man. But now you kind of can. <laughs> if he would have just shown up for a random game this fall, as right. opposed to what happened here, anyone would have seen him in town. It would have gone all over social media to be like, well, what's going on? Yeah. Why is he here? Yeah,
1: you sort of took the novelty off of it, which for him, that's a good thing.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Number three. The state of Nebraska has for years avoided giving incentives for retail development, but that could change. LB 727. Could uh, start debate this week. It's a package more than twenty other bills aimed at increasing economic activity lumped together. Uh, the headline proposal in that is Nebraska Crossing Finance offering uh, to propose a one thousand acre expansion of Nebraska Crossing. Wow.
1: Okay. Just a complete aside. but I didn't think you could do bills like that in the Nebraska Legislature where there were multiple things under one heading. Uh, but nonetheless, that aside. Uh, not getting in technicality of that the the more interesting thing I think to people on a practical level is yeah they want to make this thing it sounds like mark a real true tourist destination uh, you know more so than it is even now and and so that would be and they've got there's a lot of land around there still right if you go if you go up there on i80 and they've got room for expansion. Essentially, and so they're throwing out comparisons to the Legends Complex in Kansas City for people who have ever been there. And yeah, I don't. This is kind of this is kind of interesting to see exactly what that thing
3: would look like. I'm just never. I've never totally understood shopping as a destination vacation type thing. Um. Yeah, I don't.
1: Yeah, I I understand what you're saying. That I. I mean, I think it would probably be something where, and maybe Caleb can, can speak to this a little bit, but it's probably tourism from within the state and kind of within the area. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about that, Caleb?
2: Well, I mean, there, there were times, especially growing up in a small town, why did we go to Grand Island versus some of the other places? Because they had a mall. It it, it was shopping focused. Now, yeah, we were going to get groceries and stuff, but like you were going to go specifically to that mall. I know from being in central Nebraska, there were times we're making a trip specifically to Gretna because of the outlets and being a shopping specific. That, That becomes a lot more regional than it does somewhat nationally. Now, I don't know. Are there people that are going to Mall of America specifically and making that a destination type of thing?
3: Matter of fact, at one point, Northwest Airlines, which is now Delta had from kansas city omaha des moines and others they had day trips yeah with buses that would take you to the mall of america yeah. you could fly up in the morning shop all day and fly home that evening what would you
1: guys what do you guys think you would need to be out of there to make it feel more like that i mean they added the, the rei which is kind of a, a, a unique thing and are indoor, there more things like that that they indoor could, cool crest yeah, some kind of they probably honestly do Mark great, need some great, kind of a Great Wolf Lodge type a, of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Great Ooh, Wolf Lodge. Yeah. I can I, I Lincoln should get one of those. I I don't want one there because actually, I, I want Lincoln to get one of those. Actually the
3: best thing they could have out there to to increase traffic is a regional airport and close down Lincoln and Omaha. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I I don't think that's happening, but you no. make you make a good point. But yeah, Great Wolf Lodge is a a really good one. The other thing is, has anybody else been there and thought it's weird how few restaurant options there are around yes. there? Ever? Like it's, it seems like, it's way, and they've got more sort of within there, but not I, really, alw- I always think food, that though, when I go fast. there that there's, should, it, I can't believe there aren't more because there's a lot of times, frankly, when I'm with you know, maybe my family or with other people and we're frankly killing time while someone else is shopping. Not going to name names, but. It, we need you need a place you need a place where you can go hang out and wait and get something to eat and there's a few of those there's but but there's not a lot right that would be another thing that what's would make the, a lot of sense but what's you got to have a big anchor thing still
2: what's the place near near uh, Des Moines that Jordan Creek Mall yeah Jordan Creek yeah. yeah that always felt like when I lived there or visited family you would, you could just go spend the whole day there plenty of places to eat um, yeah gobs of restaurants r- yeah just. Sh- so much going on as part of like the main area, and then stuff kind of well, branched off of that. Even think of like, look, think of like South Point and Lincoln. Yeah, the amount of restaurants around yeah.
1: South—it's ridiculous—the amount of restaurants around South Point and Lincoln. It, it feels like that would be a big thing that you would need there too, if you're going to do that. But I think Mark, to Mark's point, you do uh, to make it that thing, you need one big new—I don't—tourist trap sounds like. A, not a condescending way to say it but you know what i mean but wait, what, big, what's the big draw you need another bigger draw well you and i don't know what that is if, exactly. you, if
3: you build a new prison over in that area oh, you're going, i
1: don't think that's what we're looking for
3: tourist no, I'm, I'm talking oh. in the area oh, okay. you're going to have more people coming it's to true. visit you've got uh, the chance of more people living also, in the area what happened to the lake
1: is dragon lake is dragon lake not happening now We've talked so much about other things, in the legislature. I have not talked about Dragon Lake Did once this session. They slay Dragon
2: Lake.
3: I think that's one of those bills that probably not going to see the light of day this year.
2: That should have been well prioritized, honestly. A little higher. But honestly, though, Mark, you you talk about making that a tourist
3: place, having that thing there is going to kind of do the trick itself. If if it's a recreational uh, right paradise, which is the way that it's been talked about. Uh, yeah, sort of, kind of. Oh, God, What are we going to do with? All right. Well, it's got to have the animatronic it, dragons. That's ca- for sure. And it's got to have canals from Lincoln and Omaha so you can ride your jet skis oh, or awesome. skate.
1: That excites me every time you talk about it.
3: Number two. Four men, including Omaha City Councilman Vinny Palermo, federally indicted last week in connection with alleged fraudulent activity. Involving the Latino Peace Officers Association and Police Athletics for Community ga- Engagement.
1: We normally don't do Omaha City politics on this show, but, but, I read but this, this story over the weekend. is
3: crazy. Yes,
1: I mean it is. I, I don't even know that I can go through the entire thing here, but essentially they've got these two LPOA and Pace. One is Latin police officers. Pace was a, basically a, a a sports organization. Um, and they were, they were directing money into there. The city council was giving. These are the allegations. Any, anyway, um, applied for PPP loans. They use wiretaps to gather these things. Trips to Vegas are involved. You got to, like you said, a city city council sitting city council member right now there that the mayor is saying should step down.
3: He doesn't Holy have cow.
1: to. No, there's no city ordinance that if he's a. Alleged a felonies alleged now, against him that makes if, him do if he, that.
3: If he actually is incarcerated with no bail, they do have a, a way, as I understand it, to uh, remove him from the council because after so many times of not showing up for a meeting, you can be uh, removed.
1: Yeah. So. Anyway, yeah, maybe we'll get a little bit more into that, get some of the details uh, from Joe Jordan, but I watched that unfold Friday, and it was just it was
3: crazy. Well, Joe covers that uh, that market pretty well. Yeah. Number one. Finally, some bipartisan agreement. (laughs) Actual agreement. 60% of Americans and about a third of Republicans don't think Donald Trump should run for president. And at the same time, 70% of Americans, including 51% of Democrats, don't think Biden should run. So finally, some... Well, then neither
1: of them probably neither of them probably be in the uh the general election then, right?
3: It's uh, Biden, right? right. Biden's expected to announce his re-election campaign tomorrow. Hey. This is uh, I mean, there are plenty of
1: reasons for this, but one of the reasons is this is what when politics are based on what you don't like and going against what you don't like instead of going for what you do like. This is one of the the consequences of that. That's what I would say, but it's uh yeah, here we go. Right what in, was, Jack Mitchell, our president. No, don't. 756 Caleb Allen, vice K- president. S-L-N. I'm K- not N- old N- enough, N- I? You, He wouldn't be my running mate. It's oh, K today Sad. with Jack and Friends on KLIN. When you're-
6: don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count.
0: Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. morning radio for the entire capital city. This is K Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. I walking start walking, your way, start walking mine. We meet in the middle, meet that.
1: It's not request line Friday. I shouldn't sing. I can only do that on Fridays. Well, we interrupt your regularly scheduled mayor's race commercials to bring you Tim Rosa.
0: <laughs> oh, yes.
7: We inter- we're breaking we, into your regularly apologize. scheduled. <laughs> we, uh, we promise we'll glad we're
1: We've got the shortest segments in between mayor's race commercials <laughs> in all of the city. We'll get you back to those mayor's commercials faster than anyone else will.
7: <laughs> Pack them in, baby. <laughs> oh,
1: man. Hey, we have a televised mayor's debate in Lincoln, Nebraska, Tim. It wasn't just... Me in a room at the law school talking to two mayoral candidates, which I've done a couple of times. You know, Lincoln's becoming a real city, big real, time, big real time politics. They even <laughs> did. They even didn't put it on TV at a dumb time like it, most debates are.
7: This is the hottest mayor's race that that maybe well definitely you know, since
1: Buffington beitler That I was, was
7: huge. I was like going back to like the when when Mayor Stothert won in Omaha in my mind. Right, you remember that? I mean, that was a whole recall thing. Remember that when Subtle was has recalls like every year. Subtle was like facing that recall. There was a whole election over that. That was pretty hot political times yeah. for a mayor's race or for a mayor's anything. We had a recall that was not so thrall, you know, thrilling. Yeah. I guess I forgot about it. Um, that right. But I was thinking about. Yet- I went for a run yesterday afternoon. The amount of signs that people have in their yards for this like off season. You know, middle of the spring, no, no I, I filled out my ballot, I got mail-in ballot, right? I, I vote by mail now. Oh, you're it's,
1: one of those guys. I, yes, I am.
7: Um, I actually- Not for long. Uh, <laughs> uh, i vote by mail now i filled out my ballot the other day and like my wife was asking rachel looks at me she's like do we really only have three things <laughs> i was like yeah yes that is that's what we're looking at staring on the barrel of three races on the ballot yeah what an odd thing but the fact that there are signs like i have neighbors who i've never seen politically engaged period like Oh, interesting. they're not like they're not they're not putting a president sign like, you know, you rewind to 2020. I don't remember seeing Biden or Trump anything in anybody's yards or like even even the last general election, no congressional signs or anything. There are Geist signs and okay. and Lyrian for Lincoln signs left and right politically engaged locally. That's a good thing, right? And, and I, I read it's not for your candidate. I, I in the in the last five days or so, I've been through two or three neighborhoods in southeast Lincoln and there are signs everywhere. Everywhere. Like, it's not every block, there's somebody who's got a sign. I
1: still wonder if people, I definitely, this will surprise no one, I would think, except for you conspiracy theorists out there. I am definitely not a sign-in-the-yard guy, nor will I ever be in my life. Uh, n- number one, because it is a pain while you're mowing.
7: Uh, <laughs> it, is, it is more annoying than you realize, <laughs> and you got to move those things but, around.
1: But that said, I always wonder about the dynamic when you've got the next-door neighbors with the opposing signs right up, abutting each other. And, uh, hey, neighbor. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. still, uh, <laughs> Still voting for her? Yeah, you still voting for her? Yeah.
7: In today's world, it's probably a little more like seen as an aggressive move than than it should be, right? Oh,
2: we're not talking to them anymore. Is that more annoying than husband and wife donating to opposite campaigns?
1: (laughs) I I will tell you this. I have seen it only a couple times in my life, but I have seen... This is the most amazing. I've seen opposing candidates... In the same yard, which I can only assume is a husband and a wife <laughs> who are disagreeing uh, on on who that, or roommates who are disagreeing on who the candidate should be, and that in itself
2: is wildly fascinating. I didn't know you uh, you drove by the Ricketts house. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, I don't drive in Omaha all that much. So, uh, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting, Tim, too, to see. I assume they still got gobs and gobs of money left in both of these campaigns. What are they? What do they do with them? Are there any billboards or Gops radio? Gobs and gobs of
7: money? How can you have gobs and gobs of I, you the money? You get gobs and gobs of money? Well, speaking of, uh, you know... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the late expenditures will be interesting. The post, like, review of this entire expenditure plan, uh, is gonna be wild. I mean, you guys mentioned a couple million dollars, I think. It's, it's definitely going north of two million dollars, and that'll probably be in direct spending, right? For either in-kind contributions or, like, direct candidate spending. Like, the third party, Expenditures are gonna be pretty wild too. What's what's most interesting to me about some of this stuff is like there's so much money in the race, too, that you're trying to figure out how to spend it, right? Uh we joke about radio commercials. I we're sitting here on the TV, Good Morning America's on on one of the TVs in the studio, and I just saw a commercial come across there. I'm getting now, and I don't remember this ever, full page color oh, card ads. Almost every and day. I, and I don't know, like Like, I don't know. I pay attention, so I look at them. I'm sure that a lot of people don't and just throw them away. But we're a split household, Dem, Republican, registered. We're getting both sides, all sides of everything comes to our mailbox. But the thing for me is, like, the post guys, the post office, they've started folding over the full pagers and then just tucking the rest of the mail in there, right? So, like, like, I assume it's just a slick ad or something like that. The other day I almost threw two of them away, and I was like, wait a second, that's... It's a political yeah. thing. I'll keep this right. I keep all my political ad stuff just to see. But they're so convenient to carry page, the rest of your mail in. The cost of a full page printout. Yeah, they are. And then it just gets folded in half and wrapped around.
1: You're my right. Mail. I've noticed that too. They're they're big. That's I'd, the thing. Is they're,
7: they're you got to spend the money somehow. And there's only so many houses to you know registered voters who are active. If you're looking at a list of people that are likely to vote in such a limited scope election. Yeah.
1: And I'm getting all of them too. I'm getting all of them just like you are as well. Lot of battling for my vote out there at this point. I, I, I'm I'm curious. This is a more uh, general question, but obviously we were talking about how sort of the the public safety and the crime thing has sort of sucked the air out of a lot of the other issues in the race. What do you think are the are 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 the most controllable important issues for a mayor's race? Because there's been obviously some debate, and and, and of course how how big the police staff is is hiring what kind of funding that they're getting those sorts of things obviously is part of that but what else i mean we talk about budgeting we talk about affordable housing in in the city of lincoln we're talking about development infrastructure all of these things is there any do you think there's any of these areas that have just kind of been i don't know sort of put to the side a little bit in this race maybe more than it should have
7: I, I think local elections are always hard to know what to talk about that are going to motivate voters. And I don't, I don't mean to harp on it because I think this will be the third time I've said it, but the limited nature of this race makes it super hard, right? Like, you've gotta be, you're looking at a narrow universe of voters who are regular, active politically active and politically engaged and has shown up i mean you're looking at a voter roll and a record and you're trying to find those people that show up on a routine basis for every election right especially in an off season on top of that, Jack, you got to find issues that actually resonate with folks and that you get responses to. So we talked about this maybe a week or two ago. Um, you're looking for polling. You're looking for things that people respond to when you're talking to them on the phone or when you're meeting them at the door. What do they care about? And, and it, it seems pretty clear that public safety is one that has hit pretty close to home or had good response and receptiveness Yeah. to an actual like what? What can a mayor do? Yeah. I mean, man, we've run, you know, I, I moved back to Lincoln in 2015 and we, we've run through an absolute cycle of ups and downs of interesting learning things, right? You remember when the council, the city council did not raise taxes or, or voted not to after the That's mayor's right. budget did, voted against the budget, then voted not to raise taxes, went all the way to court That's to say, right. look, this strong mayor has control over it. Um, and so I think sometimes we forget how much in the city of Lincoln, you know, the Home Rule Charter with the strong mayor form of government, um, how how impactful it can be to have that office, right? When it's a different situation now that the council is clearly Democrat with a Democratic mayor, like different situation in terms of how that structure works, as opposed to when we had a majority Republicans on the city council and a Democratic mayor. I mean, that was, an, but, but it was a learning experience to see how much of the budget and those things are controlled by the mayor. You know, if you watch city politics too, and this has been an up and down thing with the city council over several years, staff for the city council, they don't have much in the way of it, so they rely on the department heads. All of those are appointed by the mayor, right? They serve at the pleasure of the Mm -hmm. mayor. Um, So your department heads who are really kind of making the decisions about whether it's development and those sorts of questions, or whether it's budgeting, setting a budget, and what our priorities from a budget are going to be, that all starts with the mayor's office and works its way down. Similar to how the legislature works, right? Governor sets a budget, proposes it to the legislature, but then the legislature builds back a new budget, makes its own recommendations. you got line item vetoes and all that mess um this is a long way of saying that i think that the power and the control in the mayor's office is a little more robust than people give it credit for it can set a tone and it, it i mean it can make a difference what what are we talking about in terms of this particular race i don't i don't know like it probably depends on your pet project right like um True. depends on what streets you're worried about or what business development you want or don't want or any of that stuff huh.
1: That's why some of the people with money are interested. I suppose.
7: <laughs> yes, a lot of <laughs> a lot of money. In it this may, race. It may not
1: always just be pure political idealism. You're telling me that is, that motivates people to donate to campaigns. I had, I had never considered that
7: <laughs> oh Jack someday someday we'll tell you the truth <laughs> no, I kid i, can't,
1: I, can't. I want, but I do wonder if the just the front and centerness of this race is compared to some of the other ones will change voter turnout um what we compared to what we normally, and I mean, even looking at the primary numbers they 've been gradually increasing, obviously population's been increasing too, but they 've been increasing every year as well for a long time,
7: yeah. Yeah, uh, this one is, this is the, this one's gonna reach as many people in an off year. Random spring election as you're ever going to reach. So, this this is going to set a high water mark or not, right? It's or it's going to tell us that like these off-year elections are you're just not going to get people to turn yeah, out.
1: You keep saying random spring election. That's I hear you. So I hear you saying. Me. I hear you saying you want this to go to November and uh, you want six months of this during all summer. I
7: don't think that, that would right? be a bad idea. Wow. I really don't. I mean, I, I you run the risk of getting these local th- local elections to kind of fall down to the bottom of the ticket, right? I totally get that concern, but I think. Um, um, former senator, now treasurer Moranti had a bill, I think, oh, maybe five, six, seven years ago, that would have done this for Omaha and Lincoln, and put it on the regular election cycle. Right? um It's it is so hard. It costs money too, right? The city runs an election for three three races on the ballot for me in Southeast Lincoln. Like, listen,
1: on one hand, there's money savings. On the other
7: hand, it's a summer
1: without yard signs. <laughs>
7: <laughs> Fair enough.
1: <laughs> In mowing season, I'd like to add. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's Jeez, To put that to have that thing lasting throughout the whole summer, jeez. This it would just be one.
7: It would. It would just be one of others, right? So instead of talking about the county attorney's race, maybe we've been talking about the mayor's race last. But you last would match. You would match it up fall. with the. Uh, you, yeah, you're. Talking yeah, I about, wouldn't. I wouldn't. just kick the having it on an odd the year, off year, twenty twenty three election to the fall. No, it has right. to line up, it line
1: up. with other. So go elections. with all the other, So
7: it might get buried.
1: So that's happening anyway with all these things.
7: Yes, I mean that's your concern is that it gets buried. Yeah. right. It's not necessarily. I don't care whether it's spring or fall. turnout would change though. It's the fact that it's in an odd numbered year that makes it right hard but turnout would probably be up for that race oh too, yeah you'd and, get a lot more you get a lot more voters electing the mayor of lincoln rather than just again whatever yeah. whatever portion of the most active voters in the city and who okay, does that help i don't are. know
1: it helps someone but i'm not sure who it helps exactly right? with this look look I, I i will say this though it is good to see you know, as as I when I brought this up first, first televised debate that you've ever had, in, in a mayor's race, you've got two serious candidates, which oh, yeah. you which you have not always had in, in the mayor's race. Um, d- despite my uh, my snarkiness about all the money being put into it as well, I'd also have, rather have two robust candidates than
7: no, no. <laughs> than Vo- one, one voters have not, a real choice of two qualified yeah. candidates in this one. Like you can disagree with their like. With with their politics, with their priorities, with any of that stuff, you can be on the other side of it, but you actually have two two candidates that um are serious, that have experience, um, who've either been in yeah. city politics or state politics. Like we have two two real candidates that are both qualified.
1: Yeah. Uh boy, we spend all the time on city stuff, but it makes yeah. sense with the election coming up. Uh, real quick I mean, what's uh legislature this week? Uh do we have any any of these big, anything going to happen, I guess, is probably the way to ask it. <laughs> uh, it's three days, I Passed know.
7: some bills last week, so that's a big deal, Yay. right? Um, uh, governor signed his first piece of legislation on Friday afternoon, Jack. Uh, liquor Control Commission package I, that I updates s- <laughs> I was so alcohol excited. laws. That was the first right? bill they passed. Uh, <laughs> you know, very t- very you telling. See what's for on everybody's mind. Um, I, you know, it's going to be a short week. They're kind of an up and down schedule over the next two weeks before we get into the budget, and I think that's kind of what everybody's going to be looking forward to. There'll be some hot topics on the agenda this week, um, kind of moving through the process. Uh, but again, short week, recess today, so nothing going on. Um, Tuesday was thursday i can't remember if friday's a recess or if next week's the There's three, only day, three days three days this, week, it's three know, days this so. week so i think monday and friday are the two recess days um and then may 2nd is when the budget comes out may 3rd we'll start that debate it's it's going to be budget for a couple of weeks after that
1: so okay hey It'll be nice. I mean, maybe the cultural wars will still sneak into that, but there's part of me that just wanted wants to talk spreadsheets here. For uh, the
7: budget is definitely going to be. It's not going to be culture wars. Probably not the social stuff like the, that we've had at sometimes in a budget debate. It's going to be who gets what money, how much hey. money is going to Omaha, how much money is going to Lincoln, how much money is going out there. And then two, Jack, big thing this week. Thursday is the meeting of the forecast board that determines how far are we ahead or are we behind. And, and the rumors are that it's going to be behind. So I don't. I don't know. You know, economy's still moving, but never thought I said this,
1: but give me some Microsoft Excel politics. That's (laughs) what I that's what I need right now. (laughs) Put up a spreadsheet. (laughs) Thank you, Tim. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. There's Tim Haruza. Say 25, we'll take a break. LNK today with Jack
0: and Friends on K L I N. Severe weather means interruptions. Check closings and cancellations anytime at KLIN.com. Terms apply. Byron. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN.
2: Is this new Bob music? No, we've had this for a while. Oh, man.
1: All right. Uh, 837.
2: (laughs) You just usually, like, talk over it so fast. Yeah, I talk a lot
1: sometimes. (laughs) We'll bring someone else to talk instead of me, and that is uh, Mike, Shev- Mike Schaefer. I need to learn to pronounce his name. This new guest I have uh, from uh, Husker 24-7. Good morning, Mike. How are you doing today?
8: Were you, you going to call me Mike Chevrolet? or What? I <laughs> what, like
1: what was... that. You should get a fake radio name. Mike Chevrolet, I like that, like you're a
2: French. No, but- we're going to pair him up on a uh, wrestling podcast with Johnny Cadillac. Yeah, that'd be, cool.
1: Ooh, yeah, that'd Ooh, be great. Chevrolet like and it. Cadillac, it could be the new midday show Chevy here.
2: and Caddy, let's go. <laughs> bumper to bumper. <laughs>
1: that, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Uh, this first question I've got for you is very important. Have you had your first lawnmow yet of the, uh, of the season?
8: Yeah, I got in mow number one uh, on Tuesday of last week, you know, and it, I think, I think I made a mistake last fall. Like, I probably should have had one more mow because I left it kind of long as we went into the, into the, you know, the winter and everything else. But it seemed longer than it should have been when things were, things were finally starting to grow. So I like mulched it, and there was this patch in my yard where it was probably too high to be bulging it you have to like pull your mower up so it's shooting all of that like, you got the clumps
1: out. right the yeah. grass clumps yeah
8: and then what's worse is you're like okay well it's going to be windy so it'll get spread out a little bit no there's this little section in that area where there's like um all of the clumps that are all just dead and yellowing right there ah. and they're just staring at me and they're just like you're a bad homeowner.
1: Listen listen Mike it's opening day you know nothing's going to be perfect it's it's kind of like you know it's kind of like playing an exhibition game in April and not really being at full speed yet not kind of feeling things out a little bit that was your spring game. Yeah um,
8: well Right now, my my real spring game is this war that I'm having with these robins that are attacking my my glass. uh, I saw you
1: tweeting about this. What is happening exactly?
8: So there's these robins that are like, there's like two or three of them, and they're hanging around my yard. And then, like, various times throughout the day, they just start attacking the glass, you know, door, and then pooping all over my patio. Like, it is an obscene amount of poop. And... (laughs) I am. I'm not used to this sort of aggression from birds, and quite frankly, I want to go find like a, a red rider BB gun and sit at the the top deck and wait for them to, to swoop back in and take them out. But I don't. I don't know if that's what the stand your ground law really. is. <laughs> well, you won't need a so, permit
1: though. That's good.
8: <laughs> well, yeah. Hey, that's true. That is true. I don't know if that takes effect right away. You no. Know, these. I I went to multiple different stores yesterday, and I'm like, do you have any bird deterrent? And so I bought this, uh, this red metallic tape that's called Bird Be Gone. And it's called tape, even though the other side of it isn't sticky. They, they sold me a spool of ribbon, and they called it Bird Be Gone. And then I bought these dumb owls, so I have these owls, and they just play horrendous defense. They do absolutely nothing. Like they, they have no value whatsoever. The birds just look at them and scoff at them so (laughs) i i'm just getting my butt kicked by these
1: right now. none of those products worked huh no
8: and everyone's like you got to find the nest and there is no nest so i don't i don't really know what to do at the moment but so far i've been on i've been patrolling by the glass door this morning and i haven't seen them yet so maybe maybe they've, they've left they've moved on to somewhere else to terrorize
1: Hey, I know you've hired my son to do some things. You know, he could be this summer a full-time, you know, house defender for you against Robbins. You just Whoa. scare him away. You, it, you can pay him and basically pay for his college tuition that way, if you don't mind.
8: I I have a dog whose job should be to just scare yeah, that, things away. That's from right. You have a dog. Yeah. And instead, you know, when he's out there, the robins just sit on the fence and look at him, and then he comes back inside, and they just. Go right to the glass door and then he's just sitting on the other side of the glass door, smiling and panting and everything at him and uh, you know, doesn't have a care of the world. He's currently taking a nap because he had such a tough night last night sleeping. So you know.
1: Caleb, didn't we talk about it last year that last year was one of the worst summers ever for bird excrement? Do you remember that? Everywhere. It was it was ridiculous last year. It was like it was like all the birds perpetually were just coming off enchilada night every single day. <laughs> it was- oh man. It was tough, so I hope this is not foreshadowing what we've got coming up this summer.
8: yeah, I'd rather not just be the start of something. I'd rather just be caught in the middle of some really stupid four day stretch, but I'm afraid that uh that the the bird wars are going to be raging uh, the,
2: the literal poop storm <laughs> yes,
1: <Yeah. laughs> hey, is the curse over now? could you uh what uh, what's your position on the curse being over now? Frank was there, well, so
8: i I've never really quite bought that Frank got that raw of a deal. So I've never been someone who's on the (laughs) way. I've never been the like, you know, Frank didn't get his chance kind of guy. So I I don't know that I, that I believe that, that Frank Stolich had much to do with it, but it was a really nice moment uh, for for him and, and everybody involved with it. You could see what it it meant uh, to various people and, Honestly, one of the coolest things to me was just after the game talking with Jairon Bonner and he's like, yeah, Matt Rule came up to me on Friday and he's like, you're getting the first carry. And I didn't really know why. And he's like, I figured it out after that. But, um, <laughs> so, you know, that was that was pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, I I thought it was great to see him back. I, one of the, the other great moments of the weekend is Nebraska had the, the 45-yard line. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you saw this, Brunt sent it to me. They... they put the picture out right away on Saturday morning. It's like very early Saturday morning. And like the very first comment is someone complaining that they put the 45 yard line, but they didn't do the 35 or the 25 or the 15 or the five because they just clearly didn't get it. And you know, that was kind of amazing too. So those are my two favorite Frank Solitz related things from the weekend, which have very little to do with Frank himself. But uh, I, from everyone involved that was over there, it seemed genuinely very appreciative to to be back it, and and in Lincoln and everything else, so I think it meant a lot to him, and that's ultimately what matters. I just
1: think it would have felt weird, you know, you know. Hopefully, a long time from now when he's gone, but when he's gone, if that ever, had never happened, it, I think it really would have felt weird and wrong. And so I I I'm glad that I'm glad that it did for that reason. You know, despite wherever I was in 2003 when that decision was made, I I thought it was cool, and it's. Um, and it's good. And it also, you know, Caleb made this point, which is kind of a good one, too. Like, he sounded, when he did some of the interviews, he sounds like he is really sort of, you know, I think for a lot of people, going from working life when you've done it all your life, especially putting in the hours you are as a football coach to retired life is kind of jarring for him. I think he needs some stuff to do now especially football-related, I think he'd probably like to come up and watch some games sometimes, and now that you've done this, he can do it without being a major huge event to be able to just do that. Otherwise, he really couldn't have, even if he wanted to.
8: So, that's a good thing. I think Brunt kind of was saying the same thing to me about it where it just seems like this is a guy who's you know, like you said, sort of circling as to what he should be doing. He's, like He's got a house in Boise that he now lives in that he had for 10 years that he hadn't lived in before. Uh, you know, he's trying to meet his neighbors. He sounds like, a, you know, a genuine person like the rest of us. He confused sa- when he he's confused by what he's supposed to do.
1: When he talked on Saturday, the, the BTN interview that he did with Putney and, and Searles, he sounded like if you offered him an analyst position right now, he would sign No Questions Asked.
8: Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think for some of these guys, it's just in their DNA. Like they don't have the ability to to do anything else. Like yeah. this is just what they know. Yeah. And it's you do it for twenty hours a day for three hundred and sixty-five days a year for fifty years. I mean, yeah. How, you can't just expect people to just you know go pick up fly fishing like that's just going to replace it for them.
1: Right. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're exactly right.
8: Uh, on,
1: on the field stuff, I, I, I guess I'll ask about quarterbacks first. What uh, I, w- I was most interesting of anything, just kind of seeing who Jeff Sims was as a quarterback in, in live action and what he might look like in this offense. And, you know, I don't, I don't know that we learned a ton from it. You, you got a little bit about him. Uh, but did this look like to you like a situation where, assuming Casey Thompson sticks around and so far there hasn't been any indication that isn't happening, that we're going to go into fall with a true quarterback competition?
8: I uh, just like I apparently don't have a heart as it relates to Frank Solich in 2003. I don't know that I believe that there's a real quarterback competition coming either. <laughs> so um, you know, we'll we'll see how everything plays out. There's going to be a lot of movement on Nebraska's roster over the next few days, and as, as guys that decide whether to enter the portal here with only a few days left. Or Whatever it is they want to do. I'm standing here right now, I see a Robin eyeing my glass door. He's gonna do it. We might have this live on the air. (laughs) This thing is so fat, just squatting on the fence, staring directly, you know, at me. So uh back to the back to the point. I I think it's gonna be Jeff Sims. I think he's brought here for a reason. I think the staff really likes him. I think they wanna utilize his legs. I thought he looked fine on Saturday. It was sort of a hard game to really get a feel for things. It was kind of disjointed when you have thirty seven fumbles. Uh, that probably doesn't help, um, but I I think it's ultimately going to be Jeff Sims, but I am very curious what Casey Thompson ends up doing. Like, if he, if he, he sticks he, around and he acknowledges, like, hey, I may not be the starter, but this team could use a really good backup, I want to go into coaching, I can learn some from from Matt Rule, like, that isn't the worst scenario for everybody here. Uh, I mean, you you have a really good backup quarterback and a great person in your locker room, and He's getting the opportunity to learn coaching firsthand from somebody that you know seems like you'd want to learn from. Like that's your kind of dream scenario, in my opinion.
1: A hundred percent agree. That's been my long-stated goal is to to keep him here. And and I don't know that I. To me, if he stays, though, there's no way that that doesn't develop. At least maybe behind the scenes, it's not a competition at all. But man, there's going to be a lot of. A lot of speculation from the outside during the year on who should be the starter with every little thing, which, of course, happens if he's there. And, you know, I don't know how everybody's going to feel about that. But, yeah, a scenario where you've got where you've got Sims Thompson in some order and then you've got, you know, maybe Harburg and and assuming Smothers is still staying around. I wouldn't be surprised if Purdy moves on, but Smothers stays around. Like you've got three guys who have extensive experience, and then Harburg, who seems to be the the hottest name around right now. Like, if you could somehow do that and have that depth in the quarterback room, it really it really addresses what's been something that's been a big problem the last few years, which is depth in that room.
8: Yeah, I I would think that they would like it to be a three quarterbacks probably with with either Harburg being a third or second, depending on how things fall, and then the idea being that maybe you know, you, you can kind of develop him behind the scenes over time and, and he could be that next person. But um, I don't – even if, if you know, Casey stays and it becomes this whole thing behind the scenes – or not behind the scenes, but with, within the fan base, I mean, we've experienced that plenty of times. Like, there is definitely a listener listening right now who wanted Logan Smothers to be the starting quarterback last year, who was all aboard the Tristan Jebbia train in 2018, who. He clearly thought Breon Carnes should beat out Taylor Martin. Like, these people exist. Like, there's always going to be people who feel like the next guy is the best guy. And so I don't know that it's that big of a deal um, from a fan base perspective because I think it's always going to be somewhat divided until someone clearly establishes themselves. And there's really no way for Jeff Sims or whomever else to do that until that first game against Minnesota. And then – what what gets really interesting is painting the different scenarios of like if the offense gets off to a rocky start and you still have Casey Thompson, yeah. how loud does that noise get? Uh, like that will it gets, quickly. That's yeah. when it gets sort of awkward, I think. But I don't think we're going to get there um, at all. But if we do, it probably wouldn't happen until like that Louisiana Tech game, and then that would be really sort of fascinating.
1: Yeah, it would get loud when you've got a previous starter who's got who's had some success sitting on the bench. It'll be there. Trust me, it'll be there quickly, and I don't know. You know, I don't know what that's going to be like uh, if that does happen. But we'll see if he's he's here for that. Um, uh, you're you obviously with covering their recruitment. You're you're really familiar with a lot of the, especially the young players on this team, uh, especially those that Rule had brought in. I don't know. Did you see guys out there who are new to the program who who you're like, okay, uh, that that guy is somebody who's going to be a contributor right away. That you know maybe we didn't necessarily know coming into the spring.
8: Yeah, you know, there's several of these freshmen that, that popped right away. Like, I, I'm i blown away by what they got out of Prince Umani Ellen and um, Cam Lenhart right away this first, this first spring. I mean, these are two guys that were on the first line playing for Nebraska in their first spring as freshmen. Mm-hmm. And so I think it sets a pretty high expectation level of how involved they're going to be moving forward. And a guy like Prince Will, I mean, he – he can play multiple different spots for him, too. And they're still growing. Like, these guys aren't fully developed from a physical standpoint. I mean, Lenhart's maybe 250, 255. Prince Will's, I think he said 230 to 235. So, like, they're, they're still going to spend a lot of time with Corey Campbell and, and the strength and conditioning staff and really sort of growing and, and physically developing. And I, I thought they both looked super impressive. I received a couple text messages. I didn't notice him during the game. And I need to go back and rewatch it, which doesn't sound like a lot of fun, but I need to do it. Um, sincere. Tafuya, yes. The, the defensive back. He I I've heard multiple people. man. Oh, he's he, big. he just
1: looks he so Doesn't look like a yep. defensive back out there.
8: Right. And so I, I heard plenty about him, you know, this isn't a, a new guy, but I thought Gage Stanger looked really good. He obviously had that interception at the end. Uh, you know, and then I, I think the the J'Nairon Bonner as the H-back, fullback, tight end thing, that could be really interesting, too. He looked pretty comfortable and in a completely new role. So there's definitely some young guys on this roster that I think had pretty good Saturdays, um, you know, just from a, giving you a glimpse of, like, hey, these are people you can expect to contribute next fall. Because one of the things you try to do when they enroll early is you have to figure out, like, hey, do we have to have that conversation where this kid threw away the second half of his senior year, and he's still going to have to redshirt. And I don't think that's going to be a thing for those three guys.
1: I'm curious. I, I had excitement about Billy Kemp when I saw, and he didn't necessarily like, like the world on fire with numbers or anything. I know what but, you mean, though. But I don't yeah, know. I know I, what yeah, what what do I mean? Can you tell me? Because that's what I felt like when I saw him. I think well, it was the style, was, the type of receiver that he was.
8: Yeah, he's, he's a smaller receiver. It, it feels kind of... Oh, I don't know. Like these are the the examples you give for the slot wide receivers because everybody gives them and I'll do the same, but it it felt like a Wes Welker, Julian Edelman. You can get them the ball, you know, whether it's three yards beyond the line of scrimmage or seven yards beyond the line of scrimmage or 17 yards. And they're just going to do something with it. He had two catches uh, basically on either back-to-back plays or two out of three plays. And Nebraska's offense was crisply moving down the field. Like I just, I think there's going to be a good connection between Billy Kemp and Jeff Sims. I don't know that he's going to be Trey Palmer or Samari Touré with, with the deep ball um, and, and flipping the field like that, but I think he's going to be a really reliable pass catcher in the middle of the field, and I think he's a bit of a tough matchup because you can't just throw a linebacker or a slow corner on him because he can, he's quick. He's not straight-line speed fast in the way that Palmer is, but he's got some quickness and some elusiveness that could make him pretty fun in the middle of the field. So I, I definitely saw what you, what I think you saw yeah. too, because he stood out to me as well. Like I, I'm worried about that receiver position because it feels like I don't know what's behind Billy Kemp and Marcus Washington. Mm-hmm. But I think they have two steady guys right there. Also, so that makes me feel better.
1: Billy Kemp wears the longest undershirt I've ever seen. It was almost a mini skirt. It's very long.
8: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, well, <laughs> I don't know, that didn't really to play in. For the re-watch, but. Yeah,
1: check that. Check check that out if you will. When you when you uh, take a look at that. All right. Hey, I'm out of time, Mike. Thank you for the input. I appreciate it. every time I try and get optimistic about the quarterback room and like being deep next year. You kind of crap on it, so like the birds do on your deck. So
8: yeah. Anyway, just call. You know, I'm a I'm a very smug Robin. Real downer.
1: All right. Hey, thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. All right. All right. See you guys. Mike Schaefer from Husker 247. 855.
0: We'll take a break, wrap up the show after this on KLIN. You're listening to LNK today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. So I got a live fact check, not from Caleb this time, and uh, make it clear. I had I
1: had I was quoting someone else and saying it was the first ever te- televised mayoral debate. Ken Sabota called in and reminded us that. 10-11 apparently televised uh mayoral debate between he and Beitler back when he ran in 09.
2: Oh, 09. 09!
1: Now I actually moderated a debate between those two, but it wasn't televised. We were at the Lincoln Community Playhouse. We did one. And so I forgot that, so thank you to uh, Mr. Sabota for setting me straight on that one. So it was not the first one, but it was a 14-year break, I think, since there was one. There you go. Alright, hey, that is it for the show. Thank you for joining us. Coming up tomorrow, Jason Ball, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, John Baylor of Nebraska Volleyball, and other stuff, and uh, everything that's going on tomorrow morning. We'll see you then, 9 o'clock, KLI and Lincoln.